The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle. And as usual, I'm so grateful that you have chosen your very limited time and your busy life to spend time with me and my guest of the episode so that you can learn how to become a more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident professional woman. I am still wrapping up this podcast. We're in our final episodes here. Of course, everything that we talk about today can be found in the show notes at amberhurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S at the end. So it's amberhurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S. Once you get to that page, you can choose the Bombshell Business Podcast and look for this episode, or you can check out what's going on at Velvet Machete Branding Podcast, which if you're listening in arrears, that might be up and running. And if you're listening in real time, then that is coming soon. But without any more hesitation, I want to talk about today's fantastic fantastic guests. I get questions from you all about some of these topics routinely. Anytime I do a listener survey and I've yet to find somebody that was really able to answer this question. So let me give you today's guest bio and then we're going to dig in. And I know many of you are going to be like, praise the Lord, we have our answers. (laughs) (laughs) So Kedma O, MBA, is the author of Target Funding, a proven system to get the money and resources you need to start or grow your business. I hear the (laughs) hallelujah angels singing and everybody's applauding in the background. One of today's most respected authorities, on small business funding and entrepreneurship. She is a nationally renowned business coach and funding expert and winner of the Small Business Administration Small Business Champion of the Year Award. As a small business consultant and educator, she has guided more than 10,000 individuals, 10,000 individuals through a wide range of business advising and is a past contributing writer for Entrepreneur. When she's not running around as a life superhero, she enjoys time with her family and traveling the world. O is a proud fifth generation entrepreneur. And I know you're equally as enthusiastic to say, welcome (laughs) to the Bombshell Business Podcast, Ketma. Yay, thank you for having me. (laughs) You definitely (laughs) epitomize what a bombshell businesswoman is all about. So I, I'm, again, super excited to talk to you today. The Probably the first area we should dive into as an author myself, and I kind of joked about this prior to us really recording this episode, writing a book is no joke. And it's, nope. it's a really big deal. And it's a lot of work. It's a labor of love. So why did you go down that path and, and slay those dragons to write target funding? That's such a great question. You know, sometimes people write just to get information out. And I wrote because I wanted a book like this for myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I had the ability to take 
the audience back in time to 2001, which was a long time ago. Unfortunately, you would have found me in Tucson, Arizona, sitting on a curb. It was right above, you know, I was right above a lamppost and I was literally sobbing my eyes out uncontrollably, like for probably 30 minutes because I had just filed bankruptcy. Mm. And most people don't realize this, but the reality is, is that most people who file bankruptcy, especially women, actually file because of a divorce. Yeah. Right. I mean, and so here I am, I find myself in this situation, educated woman. You know, I, I did my, my formal education. I actually was very, very good with money, but you know, the circumstances fell in front of me. And what happened there was a series of things. The first is thought to myself, what am I going to do? Because everything is tied to the credit. As you know, everything is tied to your collateral. And I went back to my apartment And I was in a fog for about two weeks until I got a little envelope from Capital One, believe it or not. And I remember thinking, why, why am I getting this from Capital One? And I opened it up and it was a credit card for $200. (laughs) Now, now here's the beauty of this. When I was a little girl, my favorite game was Monopoly. Same. Oh, same. Okay, perfect. Then you're going to know this answer. When you play Monopoly and you go around the board, how much do you collect when you pass go? $200. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Unless you're in in jail, then you cannot pass go or you cannot collect $200. Exactly. (laughs) So I, in my brain, the minute the $200 came in the credit card, I thought I'm back in the game. That someone dealed me back in to play the Monopoly game. And in my life, it was real. So then I said to myself, because I was so excited, jumping up and down in my apartment. And I said, what if I go on a journey to uncover every funding and resource available to people like me who are not bankable, who have gone through a crisis, but deserve the American dream? Yeah. And that's how I created the book. It took me 15 years to literally go through and uncover and figure out, reverse engineer the funding platforms, help thousands of people, and uh, and then three years to write the book. So I want to put a little time out here and uh, go down a quick sidebar with you as a fantastic example. There are so many young professionals who are wanting to be an expert now, and they don't have the years of personal loss and, you know, professional ups and downs, and they want to be known as an expert and they want to advise other people on what to do. And I want you to hear her say 15 years it took to collect the information for her to put this into a book and three years of refining it. So I'm not saying people are expecting to be something that they're not, but I think there's a lot of pressure for young professionals to have that experience. And I just want to encourage people to do what you can with what you've got right now and continue to build on that so that you can be a Kedma one day. Sorry, I had to say that back on. So 15 years. That's so important. Three. And now you have this, this 15 years. Yeah. So talk about Mm -hmm. that bounce back because bankruptcy is no joke. No joke. <laughs> well, there's there's so many stories in that and, and I can really lead to how the funding works for me. But, you know, things that I didn't realize in really comes down to the variables, which we'll talk more about. But the reality is, is that there are many funding avenues you can take 
even if you have filed bankruptcy. So it really depends on the funding source. But what I began to realize was, first of all, I am 100% debt free. I have learned that I don't have to live off credit cards. I live well below the means of what I make. Mm -hmm. And I live like that as a life philosophy. Someone asked me once, well, you know, are you going to get to a point one day where, you know, no matter, you know, no matter how much money you make, are you going to fly first class? I said, no. They said, why? I said, it just doesn't align with my values. Yeah. It doesn't align with my values. I don't need to fly first class to feel important. And, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with first class. My, my, my mom loves first class. So I'll put her in first class. <laughs> I don't need to be <laughs> Well, in first it's a matter class. of comfort for some people too, long, long distance. Right. Yeah. It's comfort. comfort and, but for me, so the first thing I've learned is to really stay within my means. The second thing I learned is the difference between need and want. Mm-hmm. We live in a society where we're constantly driven by want because of the media, because of peer pressure, because of social status. But, you know, we really need very little to be happy. Yeah. So those were huge, huge lessons that I take into my life even now. You know, I, my husband laughs at me sometimes because my favorite place to shop is Goodwill. <laughs> A lot of my beautiful clothes come from there. And he's like, honey, you can shop somewhere else. I said, I know but I don't want to. But the whole upcycle thing is you're, you're actually doing our environment quite a service by taking perfectly good clothes and putting them into your wardrobe as opposed to them getting thrown out like everything else. I mean, we live in such a disposable society now. Yes. Yes. And you know, to me, it's a challenge. You know, I always love this challenge. You know, can I get some Thing. Can I get a dress that, that costs $300 and pay $30 for it? Yep. So I'll run home and get super excited. To me, that's a grant. <laughs> Honey, I just got a $270 grant because I would have paid $300 somewhere else for it. Yeah. So that's kind of how I live. Well, let's talk about some of those funding avenues that worked for you or that you have yes. helped mm-hmm. other people find and, and, and be able to leverage. Sure. So what I want to first step into is realize a couple of things, because before we talk about the funding, let's talk about kind of rules of engagement. Yeah. First of all, I want to share with the audience, there is a funding party happening every day of the week, every day of the week. The problem is, is that most of us don't even know that there's a funding party happening. And so some of us want to crash the party, but you can't crash a party you don't know about. Right. So the first thing I want you to realize is there's money out there, but we have to figure out how to tap into it. The second rule of engagement is to realize the word grant is going to come down to the right terminology. So I like to always tell my audience that everybody who's who's been on the Internet have heard of the couple Mr. and Mrs. Google. (laughs) And Mr. and Mrs. Google, you know, they have, you know, a huge impact, a huge audience. And what people do is they go to Mr. and Mrs. Google and they key in grant. And then Mr. and Mrs. Google kick back 60 million hits. And so the person looking at that will go to page one, page five, page 15. Maybe they'll get to page 30 and they'll pull their hair out because if they have hair, because (laughs) they don't understand why Mr. and Mrs. Google aren't giving them what they want. So I'm going to tell you that what we have to understand is that grants are different in language. So I can throw out terms that some people have never heard of. Like I can say the IDA program. 
that's a grant. I could say SBIR, that's a grant. I could say forgivable loan, that's a grant. And so what we have to think about is the right terminology so you can get the funds you're looking for. Yeah. The third rule I'm going to say is you have to understand your variables. And we can spend a lot of time on this, but in the in the shortest time possible, I want you to know that every single person listening to this right now has unique variables that belong to them and unique variables that belong to the business. So when I'm working with a woman-owned business who happens to live in Phoenix, Arizona, who happens to have a technology company online that focuses not only on communication, but communication that opens doors to people with autism so they can better communicate. In that one sentence, Amber, I can pull out variables to go after funding. So let's suppose they're at at the, the, the stage of startup, I can pull out funding for startup. I can pull out funding by location, Phoenix, Arizona, or state of Arizona. I can pull out funding from, from an industry perspective. So technology-driven businesses. I could put out funding for social impact, helping individuals with autism. And so what we're going to do when we think about funding is instead of one pizza pie where there's one loan, we take that pizza pie and we say, we're going to slice it into 12 slices. And each slice represents a variable that allows us to go out for funding that's specific to your unique business and you, your unique makeup of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And well, first of all, I'm really going to pause things. now because I just gave a lot of information. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about branding and personal branding and differentiating yourself on this podcast. And, and this is such a great parallel universe to that. And it's really understand, it's not about trying to be like everybody else. It's really about understanding what makes you unique. And, and when I do keynotes, I, I will ask, like, stay standing. If you, you know, meet these criteria until there's one person in the entire ballroom standing and, and in that instance, I can show now you're the only option because you stand for all of these things. And with this information mm-hmm. that we know about you, now you have a backstory that you can market yourself and, and show that distinct advantage. And you just broke that down in terms of funding your business. And that is super exciting to yes, me. Correct. That everything that you stand for, your geographic location, who you're helping, when you get clear on that, it's not just about marketing. It is about finding the right customers. It's about finding the right teams and it's about funding your business. So I don't know how to explain how critical this is, but so you, you say <laughs> right. all of this like, okay, so now I do these things and I plug these things in. Like, is there a database that you search or do you have to know what these right terminologies are? Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not a database yet that encompasses all that. But I will tell you, our team is building one. We're building a target funding database that will allow people to key in their unique variables and we will provide a customized report. Having said that, you know, I I laugh about this because I I tell people all the time in terms of return on investment. Now, I've spent about 20 years studying this. And, you know, literally the book, you know, if, if we set out a goal and I said, Amber, for every year 
that I work on your behalf to find funding, to figure it out. You pay me a dollar. You know, after 20 years of having this knowledge and figuring out the plan and knowing what works, you pay me $20. That would be a no brainer for you. You'd say, of course, I'm going to pay you $20 because you're giving me 20 years of knowledge you spent figuring out and giving me the secret. Well, that's, I mean, the book is less than $20. Isn't that crazy? And so I say this because, yeah, I say that because I actually wrote the book so that if you didn't want to ever talk to me again, I'm okay with it. You can still figure out how to find the funds. And we curated over a hundred funding sources right in the book. So as soon as you're going through the pages, you can literally send them an email and say, Hey, I found you in this book. I want to learn more. I'm going to pull out page 94 of the Target Funding book, which is a, a section on private grants for women-owned businesses. Mm. And so one, one, of the, one of the grants I'm going to just share is a wonderful program called the Girl Boss Foundation. Most people may have not heard of the Girl Boss Foundation, but they are focused on adult female creatives. So they're looking at businesses that not just not just women, but they have to have a variable that their focus is in either fashion or music or arts or design. And they give grants twice a year for that kind of client. So again, what I want to share with the audience is the exciting thing about all of this is you've had the variables all along. You know, whether you're classified as LGBTQ or you're a veteran or you're Hispanic, you just haven't figured out how to use it to your benefit. And this is what I teach people to do. Mm. Uh, Okay, so now we need to pause to give everybody a chance to order this book, (laughs) go (laughs) to the show notes or look in the Bombshell Business app and and click on that link and buy it right now and go to that page and skip straight to <laughs> the juicy stuff and look at that and then backpedal and read the rest of the book. Not not during this, but I want you to go buy it like literally right now, because this is I've never seen this before. I've never seen. And I love that you said that y'all are working on a database. And so I'm assuming and I'm I'm kind of, again, jumping to the side real quick. So somebody has 20 bucks in their pocket in their bank account, they get this information. And that's fantastic. If they want to do all the nitty gritty work. Yes. And yes. you have a team that can also work with people. If they maybe feel a little yes. stuck or overwhelmed by the process, then you're accessible mm-hmm. as a consultant and a coach. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And in fact, um, the way we're designing the database, because I am so driven in having clients be successful, I do not want the funding report to sit on a shelf like their business plan. Yeah. That when we price this, we will create an incentive that if they go ahead and execute and get funding or resources from their plan within six months and send proof of it, we will refund a portion of what they invested to say, thank you for, for being, you know, for, for, for investing in your own success here is a check back or here's payment back as a gift to you for investing in yourself. Uh, so I'm awesome. really clear that I need that. I need people to have wins, but you know, so, so if they get the report, the you can't and just they ex- buy it. You have to do the work. You can't buy a book and then not you do, do what do it tells work. you to do. <laughs> so I right. love that. Out so that's the driven. incentive we're going to do. Yes. 
Fantastic. So you said, you know, people put (laughs) their business plans on the shelf. That happens all the time. What advice would you give someone who did go through the process of of writing a diligent business plan? And maybe it's on the shelf, Mm -hmm. maybe it's not, but now they're frustrated with this access. So they buy the book. Yes. You've got the database coming. What are the other options? Well, I think we have to step back and try to understand why is that business plan on the shelf? Mm -hmm. You know, I think about that. If we, if we break down life, it really comes down to habits, right? I love the analogy of going to the gym because the gym membership that I have and the gym organization I belong to, they probably have probably millions of people in the membership. And yet I only see 50 people at one time. Right? <laughs> Why is that? Because it's easy to buy the membership. It's easy to buy the database. It's hard to get to the gym. Yeah, That's discipline. And discipline may work in week one, week two. But when you're at year 15, like I was, and you're still focused and you're still disciplined and you still believe in the dream. That's a whole different kind of discipline. Yeah. So I think we need to understand why is it on the shelf? Then I want them to step back and realize it's not the opportunity gained in taking that business plan that concerns me. It's the opportunity loss for not doing something every single day to move the dial. That's it right there. That is it. Because it, it, lack of action costs you far more than than piddly bad action. You know what I mean? Like exactly. it's okay to make mistakes. You're going to move towards success because you're going to learn from your failures. You're going to learn from your missteps, but just sitting back and not doing anything, whether you're afraid or whether you're not disciplined or you're just not, your heart's not enough in the game. That's costing you your yep. dream at the end of the day. Agreed. And, and you said two really important things. So the first is what we just agreed on, which I absolutely agree, is, is to realize that it is the loss. And also not to get focused on those big wins. It's the little wins that are going to get you that big win, mm-hmm. right? So it's the phone call to the right person. It's, it's, you know, picking, you know, sending the email and, and, you know, influencing someone to, to say yes to you. The second thing you brought up, which is, huge is the the passion in the heart. So the reason I'm so driven really goes back to my real origin story where I was, you know, in a very, very difficult environment as a young child. And at the age of 18, I was, I was in a very desperate place and I don't go into too much detail, but I will tell you, I went into hiding for five years. Wow. And during a series of, of changes, I, I, um, a group of strangers believed in me, actually gave, gave me my f- first funding, which was to attend uh, college on a full scholarship because uh, literally within a day, I was ripped, everything was ripped away from me. And I found myself with nothing. You know, I was literally, you know, homeless. I had no place to go. And I never, ever forgot that. And in fact, the story behind that was when they went into deliberation to really decide whether they were going to help me or not, I went to the secretary's office and I asked for a piece of paper and pen and I wrote a letter to God. And some people listening to this say, you know, well, so what? What's the big deal? Yeah, it's only a big deal when you reach out to that higher person, that higher spirit or God, and they never show up <laughs> week after week, right? Year after year. And you're at the last, you're, you're at the, you're at the end. Yeah. 
And what I said in that letter is, is that if the college would come back and give me an opportunity to, to better my life, I would spend the rest of my life opening doors to every single person I meet. Mm. And I have been honoring that contract now for 30 years. And so that is what truly drives me. Every single day I wake up and I say, can I meet that contract today? And that is, you know, it's more important than my family, my children, my husband. And some people always say that's madness, but it's what drives me. And see, I I can resonate with that, honestly, Kedma, that when you have a calling on your life and you feel like you were put on this earth to do something, then that is your highest because that is your, that is your commitment with God. And we have so many listeners that absolutely believe in a higher power. And if you don't, that's okay. Just disregard this part of the interview. But, you know, we might all call God something different, but, you know, the higher spirit, when you have that understanding then yes, then you can say this comes first and foremost because I'm serving God's people. And and that does include your family and that includes exactly. everyone. But I mean, to me, it's it's God and my agreement with God first and then my family and then, you know, everything right. else. And that's a different balance than putting work, like the tactical to-dos in front of your family. Yes. And so I just, Correct. yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of listeners who are like, yep, Totally get it. And other listeners are going to be like, that's still not right. (laughs) But, you know, take what you will from that. You don't have to agree with everything we say on the show. (laughs) That's a, it's a very compelling story you have. And, and I would love to learn more about that. Maybe that's another book in your future. Yeah. So yeah, that's a harder book. It is. I have just four chapters in my book of kind of my origin story. And that was really, it was really hard. It was really hard to go back to that place that, you know, that, yeah. 16 to yep. 19 year old and, and visit things that I've already way worked through. And, um, exactly. and so I just respect and honor the fact that you shared what you did with us. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So you have some really traditional and time tested resources mm-hmm. in terms of getting funding. And then there's also the new media kickstarters and things mm-hmm. like that, that crowdfunding, mm-hmm. um, is this something you recommend entrepreneurs or investors to pursue or do you have a different take on that? Yeah. So I, I do get a lot of people who look at Kickstarter and I want to tell you there's over 200 uh, crowdfunding platforms, right? So wow. once again, if you go to the book and I'm, I'm going to look at what page it is, but we actually have in the women's section crowdfunding platform just for women. Right. So we've got to be thinking a little differently because in the crowdfunding um, maze, there is crowdfunding for individuals who are looking at new inventions to women, to um, social impact. And so the first thing to think about is, does crowdfunding make sense for the funds you need? Mm -hmm. The second thing to think about is, what does that crowdfunding criteria look like for you? Is it better for you to do the Kickstarter and sort of go in with everyone else? Or is it better to go to a a different one where it's more targeted and you're going to have a better reach? The third thing to look look at is what are you doing to prepare that? Most of the clients I've worked with have done phenomenally well because they aligned the, the database and all their connections prior to hitting the button 
in the kickstart funding campaign. So for example, I was working with a woman owned business who very interesting product. It was a product uh, centered around um, birth control and, and menstrual things. And obviously not really a hot item <laughs> for the typical items you see on Kickstarter, right? I mean, yeah. let's be real, right? It's only a problem for women. And so it's a unique thing. Well, when she tried to do it on her own, you know, it didn't do well. And so what I suggested is we need to think differently. And so I connected her with an incredible women's organization. Um, They are a women's program that helps fund women and they are essentially a accelerator program. So you can only be accepted if you're a woman. Within six months of being accepted into the program, she relaunched her crowdfunding platform and right out of the gate received $70,000. Wow, that's amazing. From the same platform, from the same platform, okay? The only difference was now she had the community behind her that set it up. She had the, the system in place. And so again, we've got to be careful. You know, everybody wants to go to the maze of crowdfunding, but there are obviously very critical steps to putting it in the right platform and then getting the funds you're looking for. Yeah. And, and again, it it just goes back to the riches being in the niches and being strategic and using what you've got and not trying to be everything to everyone, being very clear on who it is that you're trying to engage and and bring into your world and your, your business baby, if you Mm -hmm. will. (laughs) Right. One, one thing I want to make sure the audience hears, it's really important. Mm -hmm. We are so focused on fast pace. Like we have to go to market. We have to deliver immediately. And sometimes we do that when the product is not ready, when we're not ready. And so we're, we're literally bringing to market an inferior product or we're not prepared. Now, the problem with that is in the human mind, it takes about seven to nine seconds to have a first impression. And what I like to tell my clients is if you come and try to sell me, first impression within seven to nine seconds, I've made an impression or you've made an impression and you screw up. You can't go outside the door and say, you know what? I screwed up, Kedma. Can I, can we try that again? doesn't work that way. So I want, right. There's no do over. So give yourself the time. So when you're ready to launch, you are solid. You know, you have it all. I think of my own, just the delivery of this book and what I had to invest for, for a rollout. It's not a coincidence that you and I are on, on this amazing podcast. I have an entire team behind me that has been preparing for a year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And people don't (laughs) see that part. (laughs) For a year, you know, so I want to, I want to give them permission to not run when they don't know how to walk. So Kim, I think that is another male versus female thing. So, and, and, and no, you know, for my bombshell boys who are listening, I'm not picking on you, but if you <laughs> listen to the, the male voices in the podcasting and the male speakers and uh, that are around entrepreneurship and everything, they're just like, you know, screw it, just do it. And minimal viable product and just ship it. And, and, that's not how women best right. operate. And again, we're we're talking a little bit about generalities here. So if this doesn't fit you, you don't have to wear the clothes. I'm I'm hanging out here. Mm-hmm. But in general, women want things to be done the right way. 
and we want people to experience something in the way that our hearts intended it. Men tend to jump and then figure out how they're going to land. And so cool for them. Good for them. Not for me. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And I love that you're pointing that out, that all of that advice could work for you, but you don't have to own that or wear that either. I, right. I like what you're saying, Kedma. I'm on your team. <laughs> <You're> so sweet. <laughs> yeah. And here's what I tell people, because, you know, there's so many people that go out and, you know, advice is free until you take it. Right. <laughs> until you take it. It's not free. Right. People think, oh, oh that's the quotable. <laughs> right. Advice is free until you take it. So here's what I tell people. The advice I take from others usually mean one of two things. One, I look at their life and I ask myself, is this the life I want? Do they have the life I want? If they're giving me advice and they're working 70 hours a week and their family doesn't like them and their children don't know them, I don't know if I want to take their advice. Yeah. And the second thing I look at is, have they done this before? Not talked about it. Yeah. Not read True about experience. it. Have they lived it? Do they have, do they have, have they lived it? Yeah. And, I, you and know, scabs on their knees. Do they have Right. And when I have someone, when I have a woman in my, my office, so, and sometimes men sobbing their eyes out, you know what I say to them? I say, I want you to know that this story that you are right now unfolding is going to be awesome on stage. Yeah. It is so Someday, true. someone is going to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And that's so hard to process in the moment. Like that hindsight is such a gift, but in the moment, it just is painful but it's, it's, it's a gift for your future. This is painful. Yeah. Yes. Well, Kedma, I, I think yeah. the advice that you've given in this episode, which I'm not even sure how to contain at all, is going to bring dividends oh. for years to come for our listeners who actually are willing to do the work and, and take your advice and, and buy your book and maybe even get a chance to work with you. Mm-hmm. So on that note, where can listeners learn more about target funding and about the other work that you do? Sure. So easiest way to find me, well, obviously always through you, because I always want to honor the host, right? And and so I want to honor you through targetfunding.com. So super easy. Kedmao.com. If you find another Kedma in the world, please run. There should <laughs> only be one of me. And actually Kedma means to move forward. So thank God. I That's don't want cool. to be moving backwards, right? And then I'm really, really um, visible on LinkedIn. Um, actually, I, I do a lot on LinkedIn. Uh, I really make myself approachable. And one thing I want to share before we close, sure. it's so, so important. There are two types of currency in my life. There is the currency we use to exchange for goods and services, right? The the money in, in us, in our world in Portland, for example, the U.S. dollars. And the other currency I use is karma dollars. Mm -hmm. And karma dollars for me is way more powerful. It gives me a hundred times of the return. So when I'm working with people who are struggling, I do a lot of karma dollars and I don't need them to return anything. I do it because I believe in the karma concept. So I want to make sure people know there are two types of currencies that I live by. Yeah. And that's awesome and well worth tracking her down to Mm -hmm. explore more about what that means. (laughs) Kedma, my, I knew I was really going to enjoy this interview, but I I just have to tell you, my heart is so full. I know this is a tough topic and you've broken it down beautifully in a very digestible way with, with a lot of hope surrounding it. So I just, I want to honor that and thank you so much for your time on the show today. Thank you. Well, bombshells, if you're 
mind is not spinning out of control, I can encourage you <laughs> to visit amberhurdle.com forward slash podcasts with an S. Pick the Bombshell Business Podcast. Check out the Velvet Machete Podcast coming soon while you're there. But go look for Kedma's episode. And if you didn't write down all the different ways you can find her, all of that will be in the show notes so you can get right to her, right to her book and start putting some of these things into practice so you can continue to be a bold, brave, unwaveringly confident professional woman and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.